Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! Welcome to the Jesse Go Show. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Gene O'Neill. I think you got to introduce me. Oh, well, we're, we're joined here on the pro- I'm joined here on the program by uh, big time Gene O'Neill, former co host of The Sound of Young America. Um, people who listen to the college years, there are hundreds of them, uh, are always emailing me, when's Gene going to come back on the show? And it's, it's unfortunate, Gene, that you're back here uh, co-hosting with me on, in such kind of, um, I don't want to say tragic circumstances, but unfortunate circumstances. In the last week, um, you know, I, I found out that Jordan had been lying to me about meeting different girls because Ooh. of the podcast and... Um, so was he podcasting behind your back? No, he wasn't podcasting me behind my back. What happened was he he had told me that he was meeting girls who had heard him on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. You know, yeah. he was real kind of braggardly about it, too. Yeah, and it turns out not true. I ran that by my friend Tom Sharpling at the best show on WFMU. Turns out not true. Um, and now I just, you know, I don't know what I can, you know, I feel like I can't trust him at all. Well, screw him. That's my position on it, so I I had to fire him. And who I mean, cares? Because now I'm back. Exactly, Gene's back now, uh, filling in for filling in for Jordan. Not filling replacing. in, replacing, permanently replacing Jordan. Permanently, you're willing to do this on a week to week basis? Because I only asked you about this week. Let's do it every day. Every day, Let's do the show every day, every single day of the week, every seven days day. a week. Yeah, let's do two shows, like Wayne Newton, do yeah, an afternoon, and like Bill Cosby, an afternoon and an evening show. Oh, that's a great idea. But with a one-hour break in between. And we would have to switch it more to to more of a storytelling style. Whatever you want. You know what I mean? You're going to make those calls. I'm just going to show up. Yeah. It's sort of like a... This is, you know, it's funny that you mentioned doing it kind of like Cosby. This is sort of like the Los Angeles Civic Auditorium. It's like a Civic Auditorium um, for Los Angeles. You know, I've never been to the Civic Auditorium, so I can just go right ahead and imagine that what you're saying is true. Well, just think of where Bill Cosby's performing. That's the Civic Auditorium. I'll just think of where we are now and say Civic Auditorium. Great. Well, done. Fantastic. Uh, We'll be back in just a second on the Jesse Go Show with Eugene (laughs) O'Neill. We're back on the Jesse Go Show. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm big time Gene O'Neill. Back with a vengeance, I would say. I would say so. You know, Gene, you know what else was back with a vengeance? The film Transformers. The f- our favorite characters from our youths have returned, new and updated, now uh, directed by Michael Bay. Sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know. Did you go see the movie? Yeah, I did see the movie, and uh, I guess I'm a kind of a snob about movies like everybody, but I also love blockbusters. 
I'll, I'll basically see every blockbuster. So in that sense, you're not a snob about movies. No, at all. But, well, I mean, I recognize that the movie's not going to be you know, good. That's not going to be good, but I'm going to be entertained by it. So you hopefully. will go see any blockbuster movie. I'll pretty much see any movie. Like did, if it's a movie, I will go and did see. Did you it. go see? Did you go see like Pirates of the Caribbean number three? I did see that movie actually. I didn't see two, but I saw three. I feel like going to see uh, either Pirates of the Caribbean two or three as a movie snob just means that you definitely were telling the truth when you said that you would go see any movie. Yeah, if it was I a blockbuster. So. I guess I'm implicated in that now. I'm not mocking you. I'm just saying you're not bullshitting us. No. Oh. Can we say bullshit? Yeah, this isn't the radio. You can swear as much as you want. All right. Shit. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little juvenile. Yeah, it was pretty juvenile. Okay. Anyway. Back to more serious topics. Um, Transformers, the movie. So you actually went to see it? Yeah, I did see it. Did I you mean, see it like with friends? I saw it with some friends, yeah. Okay, well, that's better. Than, I, I imagine... You saw it alone? When I heard... No, I didn't <laughs> see it. I didn't go see Transformers. Oh, Okay. Uh, I um I just imagined when uh, yeah, I just heard... to clarify, Jesse doesn't see movies; <laughs> he sees films. Yes, cinema. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, uh, the flicker of the projector. The... I don't know. You see movies the way they're meant to be seen, not mm-hmm. this digital projection. No stadium seating bullshit. I have a time machine. I only watch <laughs> movies after using my time machine. Um, well, anyway, I was trying to say that when I heard that you went to see Transformers, I definitely imagined for some reason you going to see Transformers by yourself. <laughs> I do see a lot of movies by myself. Do you, you really? I don't see bad movies by myself. That's that'd be depressing. Only good movies. Only good movies. You know, I think I've seen every Wes Anderson movie by myself. Really? Yeah. Why don't you call me and ask if I want to go to the movies? Um. Well, uh, we're not. Friends. I don't think we've ever been we're in the same. Really no, we've never been in the same city when okay. Wes Anderson movies come out. That's Rushmore true. Rushmore came out when we were in high school. Well, there's one coming out in September. Get out of here! Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's see it together. <laughs> awesome, it's a deal. Uh, Transformers. All oh, right, Transformers. Your, Transformers. Your impressions, Gene. Uh, it was really kind of hard to watch because there were a lot of things moving on the screen. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, Gene? Like when you're watching the fights, uh, everything... Are you some kind of reverse no, Tyrannosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt like a Tyrannosaurus. I felt like the opposite of a Tyrannosaurus. Like, I'll respond to non-movement before I'll respond to movement. There was just... Every fight was filmed out of frame. Um... You just saw, like, basically you just saw, like, machines kind of clanging around and whizzing around. I, I mean, I wish I could describe this better. Wait, but they, put the, they put the fights out of... That means not in the picture, There was right? one... In the preview, if you see a preview, there's a scene where you see two Transformers, like, rolling around on a freeway and they fall off. Uh-huh. And that's, a, that's like, the only time you'll ever see, like, two Transformers completely in frame. Wait, why would you even watch that? Why would you watch... Why would they make them... I don't understand what the... Isn't that the whole point? Isn't robots fighting the whole point of Transformers? Well, don't we want to know what it's like to be sitting under a Transformer when it's fighting? Because that's what Michael Bay seems to presume. Do you think that maybe they... uh, Do you think that maybe they just got the angles of the cameras wrong? Like they just had cameras that had like a weird prism in it or something that just shot everything 30 degrees off? I don't know. All I know is is that when I walked out of the movie, I had no idea what had happened or what I had seen. I don't. All three of us walked out of there and we didn't know how it ended. 
<laughs> like seriously, we all. I was like, I must have looked at my watch or something because it's like I looked up and the bad guy was exploding. <laughs> And we have no idea how it happened. It wasn't even like Independence Day or something where you I mean, don't can I ruin buy the, can the I ruin ending. the ending? Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, Gene's spoil, going ru- to ruin the ending of the, um, the tense thriller of the summer. Yeah, so this is going to be a trilogy. So this yeah. is a major plot point I'm revealing over the course of the trilogy. So they're trying to get some cube. Like the bad guy, uh, Transformer, wants this cube that's like The Decepticon. Powered. He wants the MacGuffin, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, and then at the end, um, it gets like placed inside. I guess it's like also like it kills you or something like that. He's like, I want it so I'll have all this power. And then at the end, the uh, Shia LaBeouf puts the cube into his chest and he dies. But Wait, like, Shia LaBeouf puts the cube inside of his own chest? No, inside of that. That sounds grotesque. In, inside of the Decepticon's chest. Oh, that's sneaky LaBeouf. But it's like, didn't you want it? Weren't you after it the whole time? Then, but then he put it when he got it, when he finally got his hands on it. See, that's like what we were saying. We were like, we were all confused. We were like, what happened? And we, we, no, no one saw it actually end. It was like there was a fight happening, and then he was like, oh no, the cube's in my chest, and he died. And we all thought, like, we must have just looked away for a split second. I mean, all I know is, is have you ever had a dream where you can remember bits and pieces? Like, you remember one distinct visual, <laughs> yeah. you know? But overall, you're like, you don't remember the story of the dream or the narrative. Why was I even at the Washington Monument? Yeah, exactly. That was what it was. It was like a dream. I, I have no idea what the, what it was about. <laughs> I just know that a lot of things happened, and it felt vivid. It felt like it was really happening. What was what like? What do you remember? Like, what are the images that stick out in your mind from Transformers the movie? I remember um, Optimus Prime like staring at a sunset or like a landscape or some sort of vista, uh-huh. and kind of given some speech about human beings deserving a chance. That's like the only <laughs> thing I remember. Why does Optimus Prime think that human beings deserve a chance? Optimus Prime I is thought... also really big about freedom. He is? Yeah, he loves freedom. I thought his freedom. whole deal was fighting the Decepticons. Yeah, but for, in the interest of the humans. Oh. He, the Decepticons are going to kill human beings. Really? So apparently he comes from this distant galaxy and develops a rapid affection for human beings, even though well, we're fucking adorable. even though he's a machine. In his in his galaxy, everybody looks like a fucking semi truck. So <laughs> you can see how he would yeah, think I we know. were nice. Yeah, they have a problem. I know, and they show some of their planet. It's it's not very. There's no cuteness to it. No, it's all industrial. Oh, it's sort of like it's sort of like uh, Blade Runner type of deal. Yeah, it's like Blade Runner. There's no nature over there. Oh, I, there's I guess no you, nature you at probably all. Probably like that planet. All life comes from all life comes from the glowing cube. Yeah. Well, how does the cube is the in the cube is on Earth? I think these answers come in the in the second and third movie. They're not really going to make a second and third Transformers movie. Of course they are, Jesse. It's a blockbuster. Oh, Jesus. When a blockbuster comes out, you make another movie of what, that blockbuster. What was the worst mistake that you ever saw of a movie that you went to see because you feel this compulsion to go see every movie? I saw the number 23, and <laughs> I walked out after... Like, it was so... Like, I couldn't even watch it, like, for ironic purposes. Why did you go see the number 23? I don't remember. What led you to do that? Were you with other people? I don't know. I mean... So- I feel like I'm sitting at the Nuremberg trial. Like he's like, you don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, well, Hitler Like, honestly, said. I don't remember why I did that. I know. Looking back, it looks really bad. So you're saying that you have the same, like, picture of your life and the choices that you've made to this point that you have of Transformers the movie. No, I just have the it's same... It's just kind of a series of images. Yeah, the same guilt and ignorance. <laughs> Oh, are you are you sad? Did you feel like it was a mistake to go see Transformers the movie, or do you think you got out of it what you wanted to get out of no, it? No, I didn't. I mean, you know, I was just three hours older when it was over. You, do you think you should have gone to see uh, Bratz the movie? I don't even know what that is. It's a movie about Bratz dolls. I don't know if you've heard, Gene, but high school is about to get a makeover. Man, high school is coming back. Yeah. Remember high school wasn't cool when we were in high school? But yeah. now it is. Yeah, well, that's very true. High school was on the outs. Yeah. High school was trash. I know. It was like embarrassing to be going to high school at that time. We should have been Remember going to high school now. ten years ten years earlier or ten years later. Yeah, like when people ask you what do you do, like you told them you had a job. Yeah. You absolutely. Like, I, you know, I, I'm in real estate. I would always tell them stuff like that. I would I, I claimed that I was in uh, that I was a garbage man. Yeah, that's better than because being in that, high school. Exactly, because at least it pays well. Exactly, and you have you know your own I mean? car. You get your own car. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my own car in high school. You can, you can, you can leave campus whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be a free day. You can eat out of the garbage can. Yeah, and I did. That wasn't one of the perks, but you could do that. I, I did do it, and I didn't really have the job, so I guess anybody can. Oh, yeah, I guess anybody can. It's like, that kind of sucks. That should be yeah. like should be for garbage men only. I thought I was pretty fucking cool when I was doing it in high school, but now looking back on it, see, and now it's uncool to be a garbage man. Exactly, so what happened? it's a flipperoo. Yeah, it's the old flipperoo. Jesse, we should get fake IDs and sneak back into high school. Absolutely, I'm in. Yeah, and, we, we'll, and, and we'll know how to be cooler this time around. And we can bust a drug ring. Yeah, we can bust a drug ring <laughs> and get really good grades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll probably get the same grades. <laughs> like we'll be like, man, I can really coast now. Gene, maybe we'll finally get to second base. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get into the colleges we wanted to go to. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen, yeah, Gene. Probably not. Did you get into colleges you wanted to go to? I'll tell you this right no, now. No, I went to Santa Cruz. Yeah, I went to <laughs> Santa Cruz too. It was my last choice. Yeah. I was just like, well, if I don't get into any of these other colleges, I'll definitely get into Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz was my only choice. My mom was like, this is where, what you get for only applying to three schools. <laughs> <laughs> and two of them are UCLA and Berkeley. <laughs> that was basically, I mean, I had just given, I, I guess I just gave up hope at some point. Yeah. Oh, no. I applied to, I went on this East Coast college tour. It was weird. I was kind of in this God hasn't let me down yet phase of my life. So I just kind of assumed that everything was going to work out for the best. You know what happened to me is like my parents, my parents are divorced, of course. And uh, their solution to the whole like what college is uh, Jesse going to go to like conundrum, like how can we figure this out was just to make me do everything. <laughs> just everything. They didn't help me at all. Like they pay. I went on the East Coast college trip with my school that was like subsidized by uh the, the PTA or something like that. So I think, you know, they gave up, they got up off of, you know, $750 or something to send me on this trip to East Coast Colleges. Um, and uh, at one point, far too late, my mom knew someone who was a college counselor, knew someone who knew someone who was a college counselor and got me like a one counseling session at a cut rate or something like that. 
And uh, besides that, nothing. I don't think like any of them. And my college counselor at my school, his name was Gordon Chalmers. Um, Gordy, his wife called him Look on the that college trip. Yeah, Send Gordon, him hate mail. <laughs> Gordon, Gordy, <laughs> Gordy. Gordy basically just told me uh, not to have any goals. <laughs> well, that's, basically, like, that's good advice. He took a look at my record and said, Jesse, have you thought about, have you thought about applying to San Francisco State? <laughs> Which is tantamount to not having goals. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, if if you're the if you're the uh, first person to uh, you know graduate from high school in your family, then going to San Francisco State's a perfectly reasonable goal. Wow, first person in your family to graduate from high school? No, I'm not. My both my parents have advanced degrees. That's my point. Oh, okay. <laughs> you did not want to be the first. Okay, I was the first person in my family to go to college. Really? On my dad's side. Really? Yeah, and he had like you know nine siblings, each with like. Your dad didn't go to college? No, my dad went to seminary school. He was going to be a priest. Really? Yeah, and then he met my mom and... Started the old... Yeah, you know, he was like, oh, hey, this is better than advertised. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, see you later, enlightenment. This is fantastic. Adios, God. (laughs) I didn't have to pray once to get this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe beg a couple times, but no praying. So your dad never went to college? Because your your dad and mom are uh, professional Hollywood writers. I think he had some college, but I just remember, like, I feel like... uh, my dad always just kind of downplayed whether he went to college. Like it's like he went, but I don't think he he got his degree. My dad, uh, my dad went to college. My mom went to college, and I found out later. Uh, graduated on academic probation um, because yeah, I, I think my cool. mom is. But the thing about my mom, like I, I would, you know, I would say, oh, she was such a bad student, which I'm, I think she probably was. But um, she went to college, and her parents. She lived at their house when she was going to college, and her parents wouldn't speak to her. Oh, wow. Because they didn't think she should go to college. They didn't think she should go to college. Yeah. They thought she should learn how to keep a good home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you would have taken it one step further. I would have taken it ten steps further. What's ten steps past that? Well, would've I haven't put her on a plane to Argentina or something. <laughs> like that's pretty far. Send her to the polar ice caps. <laughs> and if you can make it back alive on your own, a research we'll send you to college, a research station in Antarctica. Yeah. Well, you know that's fair enough. You know, Antarctica is Antarctica. Does that not seem like that bad a job to you? What going to a research station in Antarctica? Yeah. Uh. Because you know what's cool is you can always put, like, your sodas outside. <laughs> and, like, an hour, they're, like, nice and frosty. Maybe even faster. Maybe even faster. So, I don't know how it works. So your, your goal in, the, in a job is to find a job that, you know, you can cool your sodas in quickly. No, I mean, I, that's just, like, off the top of my head, a perk, you know? Right. You, I'm you sure there's, like, a hundred others. You wouldn't go with, say, polar bears or something. Uh, they don't have polar bears polar in Polar bears are extinct, Jesse. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. We'll be back in just a second on the Jesse Go Show. This is the Jesse Go Show. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. 
I'm big time Gene O'Neill, the new permanent replacement. Back and badder than ever. You're wearing a, a do-rag or a kerchief on your head. Jesse, don't tell the audience what I'm wearing. You've got your sleeves rolled up so you can show your guns. Ah, jeez. And your tats. I was trying to project, you know, this like amorphous kind of Metatron voice of God. You know, the audience doesn't know what I look like. They, you don't want them to be able to imagine you? Yeah, you're demystifying it. Uh, but I'm, I'm adding to your mystique mm. by pointing out how tough you are. No, I have pretty prosaic attire on you got right work now. pants on? I got work pants Just on. Just use the word prosaic completely appropriately. Boots. That's pretty impressive. Oh, thanks. Yeah, atypical of me. You're carrying a gun? I'm car- I am strapped. I mean, you're, I'm, that's all I'm saying is you're uh, fierce. To the gentlemen, you're fearsome. And to the ladies, you're irresistible. Well, it's only because I had to come out here to you, and you live in a rough neighborhood. I do. Before live in- I came out here, I was like, I got to put on a do-rag and buy a gun. <laughs> so Good. check and check. Um, Gene, the, you, we were talking about your family. You have 12 brothers, right? Uh, close. I have two brothers. Two brothers. Um, I have two brothers and I have two sisters. You have two brothers and two sisters. Your two brothers are both younger than you, right? Yes. I'm, I'm the oldest of five. Cause I remember when we graduated from college, one of your brothers was 18, right? 18 or 19? Uh, yeah, like 19. So, because the reason I remember this is because when we graduated from college, he somehow snuck his name yeah. <laughs> into the graduation ceremony. Yeah, and he came in right behind me. <laughs> and uh, after I got my diploma, I ripped off my uh, what do you, the graduation gown and threw it to him, and he put it on, and he got his fake diploma. Yeah, that was really nice when he graduated. That was must have been a real... I mean, being is that you were the first person in your family to graduate from college, the fact that he graduated immediately afterwards without even having completed a, a single year of college. He had, was just about to finish his first year of college. Yeah, he was advanced. Um, that was pretty impressive. What did he do? Did, was, I feel like there was just like a, a list. You just had to like sign your name on a list there to was a li- graduation well, ceremony. I mean, you had to pay that graduation fee. There was a graduation fee? Yeah, you don't remember? No. I remember this was like a big debate as to whether we were all going to participate in this because there was a fee. That sucks. Yeah. What and- was the fee? Well, you had to buy the gown, remember? Right, well, that's normal. You brought the cap and gown. Right. And I think, and part of that was, yeah, that was, well, that's the fee. So you're saying we had to pay for the cap and gown, but then there was also a a vig. I don't know if there, I mean, I might just be lumping all into, you know, this all into one fee. You were just pissed that you couldn't wear your own cap and gown that you had at home. (laughs) Yeah, the one that I saved from high school. (laughs) Yeah. Which I, but uh, but yeah no like I just wanted to spend that money you know on food and drugs or something like that but yeah, uh, so sure. yeah but my parents were like no you have to you know the family has to see how important it is to graduate right and so and your brother got so excited about it yeah but the thing is is you yeah, you couldn't just walk up or write your name down you had to pay the fee to get on that list like they only. Really? I'm sure you had to pay a fee to get, or yeah, you had to pay a fee. There was a graduation. Wait, fee. then how did your brother pay the graduation fee? No, what happened was is in the auditorium. Remember, we were in that, or we were in the cafeteria. We were we, in the we cafeteria. All had to, yeah, you go yeah. to a table, you get your card, and then when you're walking up to the podium, you're going to hand them the card, and they're just going to read the card aloud. Sure. And hand you. So what Sean did was he pretended he lost it. He's lost his card, uh-huh. and he just went up there like freaking out. He's like, oh, "I lost my card. What, what am I going to do?" You know, and like, "It's okay. We'll make you a new card." And they just said, "What's your name and major?" And he didn't know like majors. He just said like, uh, what, "What did he say?" Uh, he said English. 
Uh-huh. There was no English major. You see Syracuse, they're like, English? Uh, you mean literature? And he's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then he fucking was in our graduation. Yeah, he fucking graduated. Uh, man, that was a pretty Wasn't sweet that triumphant? Move. Remember when we weren't sure if Sean was ever going to graduate? Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. That was like really powerful. I mean, I'm not even in your like, family. First was he was going to, like, me. remember he almost ran away and yeah. then he had, he got drunk that one night. You know what? I'm thinking of Donna Martin from 90210. Uh. It was a real big surprise <laughs> when Donna Martin graduated. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Shit. But it was also great when Sean graduated. Yeah. The whole time I was just thinking of this guy Weevil on Veronica Mars. Yeah. Did you know that even though Sean graduated early, he's not even like... Sean is Latino, right? Sean is Latino. Okay. It skips a generation in our family. Gotcha. It only hit him. Gotcha. But, you know, Sean's not even the most advanced brother in my family. Who's the most advanced brother in your family? The new most advanced brother is my youngest brother, Bill. And your brother, Bill, is like, what, five years old? He's 13. Uh Uh-huh. Um... But uh, he looks like he's five years old. He's kind of like your 13-year-old brother, a little bit like my 11-year-old brother, right? A little bit precocious. Yeah, he is precocious because he's had the benefit of, you know, growing older brothers. He's, got the be- he's had the benefit of sleeping in the same room as you for a few years after you graduated from college. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> More than one. <laughs> To be clear, um, but uh, he there was like a, a mom at his school who uh, is a casting agent, and it's like I guess Bill had some sort of reputation for antics and being a showman. So she uh, she was like, oh, you know, telling my parents, oh, he should like come try out for this uh, mo- this Owen Wilson movie. You and know? your parents are already Hollywood insiders, sort of. Yeah, they wrote for Hercules. The yeah, they wrote, journal, Yeah, they're kind of journeys. on the fringe of Hollywood, and uh, so your dad likes to make Michael Jackson jokes. <laughs> Oh boy. They, they know Hollywood. Yeah, they know Hollywood. They watch Jay Leno. Sure. <laughs> they know what topic is uh ripe for mockery. Um so anyway, yeah, he he tries out for this part of like a of like a kid like who's in the movie for like two pages. Like he had two pages worth of lines. And uh and he got the part and then he came up to me once. He's like, oh, you know, we're, uh, they want us to kind of riff because they don't know how kids talk. So they've been having the kids just talk. You know, he's like, give me some jokes. So I gave him a bunch of lines and they ended up using them all in the movie. And they thought he was so, <laughs> they thought he was, I was like, don't tell them I gave you those. Let them think that you're coming up with this. And then they ended up working him into like every scene in the movie because he's the only funny thing. Like I've read the script. It's not a good script. Owen Wilson is totally like phoning it in, you know. And he has, yeah, so he's like the comic relief of the movie. And after that, I think it comes out in a couple months. Right. Um, but after that, yeah, he's been, he's been offered uh, parts in two Judd Apatow movies. Wow! Yeah, the movie he has coming out with um, that Will Ferrell, John C. Reilly movie that's supposed to be kind of a... Uh, yeah, uh, Walk a, Hard. Yeah, Walk Hard. Um, there's a, the movie starts with them as kids, and I guess one of them dies early, and they wanted Bill to be the brother who dies and then comes back as a ghost throughout the movie. He's going to come back as a ghost? He's not. No, he didn't end up, he didn't end up doing it. Why not? I think he, I, it was just too much. He doesn't much. want to become a Hollywood He doesn't guy. want to become like, yeah, he doesn't want to become a child actor. And like, I mean, he doesn't get any of that money. He doesn't see that money. It goes into a trust fund, you know? So it's meaningless to him. He's doing work for free, you know, yeah. in his eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and, and I mean, we're all happy for him, of course. 
initially. But you're more more jealous than happy. Well, I mean, a little bit, you know. And I know that the entire <laughs> you're like, damn it, I wrote those lines, kid. Well, the entire family feels that way because it's like my brother Sean is a struggling actor. He's trying to act. And his younger brother is already a paid actor. Uh, my, both of my sisters were really upset that he was allowed to audition because they wanted to do auditions when they were kids. My mom wouldn't let them. Oh. And so... Because your dad had such a bad experience being in Chud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't like the way they, they butchered his lines in Chud. He's he like, vowed to never let your mom's like Your mom's like, you don't know how many cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers could be in that picture. You could be scarred for life. Yeah, there was a real schism in, uh, between my parents after that happened. A- after Chud was a really dark time? Yeah. After your dad got really freaked out? Yeah, I guess was that- it? What do you think, which was worse for your dad, just tra- trauma-wise? Um, being is that he has a hard time distinguishing between reality and fantasy, which, to be fair, is what made him such a good actor. Um, Wait, so what's worse, real life or Chud? No, no, no. What's worse, Chud? What was more traumatic for him, Chud or The Stuff? Um, I think he had a bigger part in The Stuff. Yeah. Right? In The Stuff, though, he was a scientist. Right. And he knew, so he kind of had control over the situation. He, yeah, he knew that there was something going on, and so he could have probably... I mean, we never really revisited uh, his plot in the right. movie after that one scene he had. <laughs> right. Uh, but, um, and he met a grisly fate in Chud. He died, I think, in Chud. Oh, did he? Yeah. So mm. that was probably, probably scarier. That does sound, that sounds rough. Yeah. Anyway, back to your brother. So your brother's not allowed to be in the new Judd Apatow movie? No, I mean, that was his own choice. What about really? the other Judd Apatow movie? I don't know. I think he tried out for that, and I think, actually, they're still waiting to oh, hear back. I think he should do it. Yeah, I think he should, too. If he can't do it, tell them I'll fill in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let him know. Um, I want to be in a movie. Don't you think movie producers listen to this podcast? I'll totally be in your movie. Yeah. 20 bucks. That's my price. Yeah. If uh, You can just put a camera on me, and then I'm in the movie. That's fine. Yeah, See? just just intercut pictures of shots of Gene just sitting there. Jesse, don't you have a brother who's like also starting to overshadow you yeah man my brother brendan is totally like okay well for one thing he has a punk rock band yeah see that's that's what i heard and and they're wildly successful it's his punk rock band i want to like people think when i tell them that my 11 year old brother has had a punk rock band since he was like seven or eight like that some sort of svengali yeah like he like did it in music class at school or something like that no doing punk when you're seven is pretty punk my fucking a kid brother like my baby brother just decided he wanted to be in a punk rock band learned to play guitar and started writing songs yeah doesn't that piss you off <laughs> like the drummer in the band is like 14 jeez and uh the bassist in the band is like 35 <laughs> but he is but what's crazy about it is he's not the leader of the band are you serious he's not this wasn't a joke he's 35 he's 35 and i like <laughs> you know they're looking to cut that guy out any moment. he is like the most responsible person in the band because he's because 35 he and he's, <laughs> yeah. i bet he's just as responsible <laughs> but like he is the most responsible but it's brendan's band and he's brendan slightly, named the band yeah. brendan writes the songs brendan decides what kind of robot costumes they wear you know and uh granted you know damon the 35 year old he has a nicer robot costume because he's an adult he knows how to he's better at making things 
You know what I mean? He's. I guess that's admirable that a 35-year-old ceded complete creative control to a 13-year-old. He's a really good guy. <laughs> I guess so. He's just, I don't know. I guess he just likes kids or something. So do you think your brother will be famous one day? Oh, my brother's practically famous already. Yeah. I mean, like, my brother plays gigs Jeez. at, like, cool indie rock clubs where, like, cool indie rock bands play. Like, he writes sweet lyrics. He's friends with Andrew W.K., he's like i mean my brother's a fucking rock star and um and when i say he's a fucking rock star literally he is a rock star and i can't match that i got a public radio show yeah i know see you know how i feel that's a hard thing to live with it's it's a little embarrassing it's totally embarrassing you know why because it's like my little brother is think of how okay you know, having a baby is kind of like gambling. Right. You know, it's like you have this baby and you're like, okay, I'm going to bet all my money that this baby will one day like support me support in my me, old age, you know? And well, wait, am I, I'm thinking of more, I'm thinking, granted, I'm thinking more of a baby in like a 17th century agrarian society. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. You, a baby that right. will like make money for you and then you don't have to work anymore. Right, exactly. And so my parents, buy you teeth my parents, yeah, out. had five you know, gamble babies. Right. And Roll the dice on a few. So far, none of them, the only one who started to pay off is, is, the, is Bill. And he's still, and he still is literally a baby. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, <sighs> I mean, for, and he's not even really paying off though, really. I mean, cause that money just goes into his trust fund for education. So that's not even like, Getting that's not even getting a return. Education's your, an investment gene. Once he gets that MBA, well, it's, with it's his, more like a coupon for extra with his chips. Judd Apatow yeah. movie. <laughs> extra chips, like two handfuls in your bowl. No, no, of not, chips. No, not potato gambling chips. Like keep gambling on your baby. You know, I complimentary it, chips. I thought we were going to like a soup restaurant where you get a bowl of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and no. they just gives no, you some now extra. We're, now we're mixing metaphors, Jesse. Okay, well, my point is that I've got this middle brother, John, who's 18 now. And uh, John's really good, really, really, really nice guy. Everybody loves John. He's just a really decent fella. But he's never tried to do anything with his life. You know what I mean? Like, he just, like, tries. He, his goal is, like, oh, I'm going to get good grades. But, like, he's not, like, one of these people who tries to get a 4.0. He's like, I'm going to get good grades and be nice to people. His goal is to die old. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Like, and more power to him. He's a deacon. To continue to, bio, to biologically persist and then die. <laughs> like, he's a, he's a deacon at, at our, like, uh, leftist. De- what is that? It's just, like a, like, it's just like a lay leader for the church. You know, he, like, he, like. I think he does the processional and the services. I don't know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, it's totally nice. I mean, he, I'm sure God likes that. God's a big fan of John. But the point is that John's not trying to show anybody up. But me, I've made it in this entire lifetime of trying to show people up. My own radio show, Performing Arts High School, just kind of gaying around in general. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I haven't, uh, I guess I haven't tried. I've been biding my time. Uh-huh. You know, I was just well, like, I, mean, I was like, wait for case. it, wait for it, wait for it. And then it's like, and then Bill, boom, snatches the ring. You know? I think if I could j- just change, change the kind of the language where I th- feel like we're dancing around the issue. Like, I think in my way, I've had my own small successes that are clearly being outshone by my younger brother. Uh, whereas so far, you're a failure. Yes. To your family. Yeah. Not in life. You're a good guy. You've got friends. People like you. Uh, you're funny. You've got a job. 
But to your family, they're looking at you and thinking, why was he sleeping in a bunk bed <laughs> with, <laughs> with his shoes on? <laughs> with his shoes on. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why uh, uh, gamblers, compulsive gamblers, make, I guess, the best parents. So you think... My parents have a gambling problem. They keep gambling on me right. and my other and the other three By failures. Supporting you, they should have cut you loose. Is yeah, what you're they should, like see, someone smart would have been like, walk away from the from the table, you mm-hmm. know. But it's like my dad was like, oh, I bet you know I've got a bad hand, but I can bluff it, or I'll just keep pouring money on it, and you know, they're just they're they're gamblers. I guess they're just you know chronic gamblers or something. And so in in this sense, when they uh, didn't use protection. Uh, they weren't just gambling with their lives. They were gambling for their lives. Yeah. By just trying to pump out a few more and see what, see what they could get. Keep pumping quarters yeah. into the machine. Yeah, you just keep, keep pumping quarters into the slot, so to speak. Yeah, you know, and then on the flip side, you know, people who are smart about gambling or don't right. gamble at all, right? you know, I, I guess make the worst parents or the best parents because they walk away you know they know right away that's a bad bet gambling is a terrible vice mm-hmm. i'm not going to put money on this gamble baby right i'm walking away from the table right so the your best bet i think is to buy a just if you have to take out a bank loan take out a bank loan to get together the capital just buy a fully grown adult yeah but i think people are it's the potential you know yeah, I potential know, I, is sexy. But the thing is, is you don't have to. You know, sure, you can you can pop out a couple of babies. Maybe one day one of them's going to turn into Donald Trump or Bill Gates or something. Right. But you're, the odds are against you. It's better to just go ahead and buy a clerical worker, buy a garbage man. Yeah, someone who can support themselves. Exactly. Someone who's ready to go. You know, they have a low ceiling. Exactly. Sure. I mean, it's a blue collar thing, you know, and this sure the, but you know, if you get somebody in the service industries, you're hedging your bet. Exactly. Get somebody who does uh, customer service, technical support on computers, somebody who knows computers. If they know how to use a computer, that's a good bet, you know? And if they're already developed, they're 19, 20, 25, 34 years old, they know how to use computers, that's the kind of skills we need. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you know, I think uh, Blockbuster started this program. Dental assistant. You can adopt their employees. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 they had so much success with, uh, uh, you know, you, they put the used VHS cassettes for sale after they've, you know, they buy a lot right at the beginning, and they rent them out, and then they, you know, the used ones, they sell about half of them. It's the same with their employees. They'll get a whole bunch during peak demand, and then, you know, there's some left. And that's, and that's a valuable skill. Absolutely. You could learn how to use a, a point-of-sale system. Yeah, and you know, when they switched from VHS to DVD, mm-hmm. they had to switch them all out. You know, it's like exactly. you had to find the VHS and you had to find the corresponding DVD. I'm already getting lost explaining and, this. But if you hire... Somebody who knows somebody computers, who knows, knows systems, like. you can send them down. Granted, the less VHS here, but they're still using they're still using VHS in you know Chile. Send them down to Chile. They'll they're using the VHS cassette machines. They do some work. They're supporting you in your old age and they're in your dotage. getting to see the world. Exactly. Gene, look out! Ah! Ah! Gene, Gene, ah! Are you? Uh, oh, Jesus. Um, uh, we'll be back in just a second on uh, the Jesse Go Show. 
Uh, welcome back to the Jesse Go Show. Um, somewhat inauspicious circumstances, I guess, for uh, doing the rest of the podcast, but um, show must go on and everything. Uh, Gene's in a bad spot, I would say. He's gurgling a little. Um, there are, uh, you know, I, I call 911 and everything. Um, but I, I do have to get this finished. So, um, anyway, um, the weather's been really great here in Los Angeles lately. (laughs) Too hot, if you ask me. Um, it's been like in the low nineties. Um, and, uh, you know, decent cloud cover, but not during the middle of the day. I mean, it usually burns off here. I want to say like 11 a.m. Um, that's when it really starts to get warmer. Uh, a lot of people out on the streets, uh, wearing shorts. Of course, I don't like shorts. Um. Hey, Jesse, sorry I'm late. <sighs> Jordan, what are you doing here, Jordan? Huh? What are you doing here? Oh, sorry I'm late. I, it was it was weird. I had a, like a laundry, blah, you know. But yeah, are you ready to go? You Do you remember last week's show? Um, was that the one where we raided the candy bars? No, that was a couple months ago. Hmm. I, f- I had to fire you. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you were like, it was a long thing. I mean, you were like, you were lying to me, and um, you were dead weight on the show. Huh. And everything. Uh, I, I don't remember that at all. You don't? Nope. Oh. Oh, hi, Gene. Yeah, Gene's, Gene's in a bad way. Yeah, geez, man. <laughs> Um, you know, Gene though, huh? So what do you, um, what do you want to talk about? Do, I mean, I guess I, I do, I need somebody to be on the show with me. Would you like to? Oh yeah, sure. Sounds good. Oh, do you want to hear this, uh, this story about how this guy got mad when I called his baby pal? Yeah. I mean, we, we can, sure. I mean, we can talk about that. Oh, great. We still have to do the zoo animal thing. Okay, what is it this week? Take some calls. What's Are you the... sure, you're sure you're cool with this? Yeah, sounds good, man. Um, Let's do it. Podcast. Right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's... Doing it's, a podcast. Uh, Doing a podcast. It's good. Okay. Great. How's my mic? Check, check, check. No, it sounds... Mike, 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 Mike. It sounds really good. Bop, 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 bop. Mike, 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 Mike. Hey, I'll... Um, We'll be back in just a second on uh, Jordan Jesse Go. This is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, how would you like to join me in taking a few listener calls? I would love to join you in that. Hey, um, this is Sam Lundberg uh, from Rockford, Illinois, and I was wondering if you had any advice for me. Uh, here, this is the thing. I go. I have probably the most conservative parents in the world. My mom once told my sister that she was worse than Al Qaeda for going to a peace rally, and I go to probably the most conservative school in the world. I, uh, once during history class, we were told that everyone who has AIDS and died from it is your own fault for having sex. Anyway, uh, and I slowly realized that everything I've been told for the last 15 years politically is completely wrong. So I was wondering if you guys had any advice on, uh, on like, lib- on political blogs or something like that that I could 
read without my parents catching me. All right, bye. Hmm. Well, I don't. I don't have any advice on political blogs. Maybe maybe you could read like a People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. Yeah, sure. Maybe um, maybe you can subscribe to the Week or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, but here's I think what he started me, getting the Nation delivered to yeah, his house. Yeah, the Nation. What did I? Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> thinking of. Um, I think there's a more important issue. At yeah, play I think here, here's though. what we're more concerned about. Okay, granted, you your 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 political ideas have started to diverge from your parents. It sounds like they're on they're on one end of an extreme. Definitely, here's the most important thing: don't start being a dick to your parents. Do not be a dick to Do your parents. Do not be a dick to your parents. They love you very much. They've taken care of you for many years. Absolutely, uh, and yes. Uh, I mean, you, you know, should really love and cherish them. Sure, find find you know if you do have to talk about it, find a mature way to talk about it. Don't yell, uh, and don't start wearing like uh, anarchy patches on your uh, backpack or something. Yeah, don't yeah don't just don't write anything on your backpack in whiteout. Period. Yeah, that's a good general principle. Yeah, that's for a general rule. But I mean, you know, also you know, don't yeah, don't buy a lot of aggressive stickers. Uh, and you know, you know, for, for gosh sakes, just go, just, just, just go to church with them on, on Easter and Christmas, have, have, have fun with it, enjoy the music and don't, uh, you I know. think the most important lesson of teenager dumb is the one where you learn, oh, I am a different person from my parents. Right. And it's okay that we are different. Sure. I don't have to continually demonstrate that we're different, and I don't have to either <laughs> feel bad or, like, uh, you know, antagonize my parents in order to, uh, I- I- because we are different. I think, uh, I mean, definitely all signs point to this caller being a teenager, but wouldn't it be cool if it was like a 30 year old guy <laughs> uh, still living at home? Yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. I mean, basically, uh, basically, uh, you know, kudos to you for opening your eyes to the broader world. Um, you happen to be coming to a place that I personally agree with, so that's nice and everything. Uh, but the real important thing is just to know that you know your parents have the, your parents may have different values from you, and there are a million different reasons. But they're sincere. It's not because they're fools or anything else. And sure. reasonable people can come to different conclusions. And the most important thing is that uh, your parents really love you and uh, take care of you. And uh, you should uh, try and have a good relationship with your parents and be really respectful of them. And kind of the flip side of that is um, that you you shouldn't be afraid to uh, be your own person in a way that doesn't antagonize them. And if they can't handle you being different from them then you know you know you obviously your priority should be you know trying to have a good relationship with your parents but you know if they don't want to do that then you know that's sometimes that's how things go sometimes parents aren't reasonable but you know like look out for your parents they're they're the ones yeah. what raised you i suspect i suspect they're nice folks i think this guy sounds sam sam lundberg sounds like a decent fellow yeah too. He absolutely sounds pretty thoughtful I, you know about sam it. i think you're gonna be okay Hey, um, I just left a message. My name is Matt. I'm from Minneapolis, but I'm actually in Atlanta, and I think you guys are awesome. And I, I just think uh, you couldn't hear what I was saying because I have the TV on in the background, and I'm on four beers. And I, oh well, I, I had a very good question. My question was, 
my wife is going to work for public radio for the first time. What should she expect? I'd like to find out. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you guys are, are, are far too young to be so cynical. Stop being so fucking cynical and enjoy things. Please. Jesus Christ, you're 27 years old. Step back. You're fucking young. You're really fucking young. All right, I'm 31, just so you know. I'm saying this. Step back. You fucking just enjoy. And step back and enjoy everything. Just stop being so cynical. And keep being funny and all that shit. And I'm really fucking hard. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. I think we should change the name of this podcast to uh, your ex-girlfriend because people seem to do a surprising <laughs> lot of calling us while they're drunk. <laughs> I think that's totally... He's a guy, this Did he I say mean, at the end, I'm so fucking hard? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm positive that... I'm positive... I mean, I, I don't want to think that was a comment about his erection, but... <laughs> Um, I think it was a comment about his cynicism. He thinks he's gotten too cynical, maybe. He's like, I'm, maybe so, so. I'm, I'm upset about how hardened I've gotten. Or maybe his cock is cynical. Maybe, yes, maybe his cock is cynical. And that's what he was trying to convey to his us. His cock is just sick of American Idol and Ann Coulter. We appreciate the call. Donald. Are we really cynical? I don't think we're even that I don't cynical. Think I, I don't think I'm, I'm 27. Pretty, I'm 25. I'm pretty cynical about uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, you I are. I think people have picked up on that. Sure. But, uh, in general, not that cynical. Yeah, I I would consider myself sunny. Yeah, you you are you're positively delightful. Yeah. Um, as far as what he his uh, girlfriend should expect or his wife should expect from uh, working in public radio, you should expect everyone to be really nice and underpaid and to like folk music. Yeah. There you go. That's it. There you go. There's public radio in a nutshell. Maybe she'll get. Maybe if you're lucky, you might get invited to some house concerts. Yeah, <laughs> or um, or be told about uh, an indigenous music or indigenous musician who's blending uh, their folk music with hip hop. You know, a um, which is the number one thing to do if you want to get a story about you in public radio. There you go. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm calling in regards to the hooligan shopping at Office Max or Staples uh, situation. Uh, I hate to be the one to bring any darkness to Jordan's, uh, uh, Jesse's. No, I'm sorry, Jordan's uh, sunny uh, outlook on life, but I hate to break the news to him that when I worked at an Office Max, people would often come in with uh, hooligan-esque uh, traits, and they would purchase items that, while used innocently at their original conception, could also be used for purposes of measuring out drugs for sale to children and other young people who have professional minds. For example, a postage scale, excellent usage for measuring the amounts of postage you would need to pay to send something, also good to find out how many drugs you're trying to sell. So uh, I hate to break that news to you, Jordan, but uh, it may be a darker world than you know it is. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Number one, it's important to note that the whole premise of his call was that Jordan has a sunny outlook on life. Thank you. That he is not a cynic. And furthermore, he's not 27, he's 25, right? 25? What What do drunks know? Yeah, exactly. Um, number two. Nothing. Too drunk. I think the other important thing about this call is something that I didn't know, being as, you know, we've discussed on the show, I've, I've never been a, a drug user, 
of any kind or a drinker. Never drinked or drugged. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't done one drink or one drug. And it turns out that uh, drugs are measured with a number. So, like, if I wanted to buy some uh, marijuana, I would say, can I have eight marijuanas? Yes. Um, which I didn't know to this point, but they need the scale to determine uh, uh, how many drugs they are going to sell. Yeah, or an abacus. Mm-hmm. You can also count the amount of drugs. They can also, if there's a, you know, like a sandy floor or ground around, they can do various cuneiform calculations in sure. the sand. It sounds like it kind of sounds like if like a, if like an eight year old had written a cop movie or something. <laughs> it's like, sorry, you know, we had to bust him. We found eight cokes on him. <laughs> we found eight cokes in the car. Coke bumps. Yeah, then then we're going to make sex. Right. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Cotton in Media, Pennsylvania. And uh, I'm calling you as I... Hold on. As I start the car to drive to California for the first time and uh, live there. So, uh, yeah, thought that was pretty cool. Also, I just wanted, since I won't be able to vote on this, I want to vote for Team Capybara for the new uh, poll. All right, guys. Talk to you later. I don't, um, I don't know what route he's taking from Pennsylvania to California. I don't know where in California he's going. Yeah. His name's Cotton, so he's probably going off the paved road, I would guess. Yeah, I once he's... drove, uh, I didn't drive, I was about 12 or 13, uh, with my dad from San Francisco to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, through uh, Kansas and Missouri, which is where my dad's family is from, so we, you know, got to visit a lot of graveyards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I discovered on that trip was um, America might be the most boring country ever of all time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just really if you're going to drive across the country, just remember. Just like the Earth is 82% water or whatever, America is 74% cornfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I've kind of romanticized the idea of driving across America. It's something I, I, I you know, think that I would like to do, but I get the, the impression that maybe, maybe halfway through that I would get, you know, a little tired and sad. Do you think I would, do you think we could go on a road trip across America? I would probably start being mean to you. I would get tired and start being mean no, to you. you huh? and, yeah, oh, that wouldn't work out. Yeah. Let's, it's like when Gene went on that road trip across America mm-hmm. and it was a disaster. From from day one until the day that he uh, got questioned by the Secret Service for going up to the um, front of the uh, the White House and pretending to shoot a finger gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think you would do well on a long road trip. Period. I kind of enjoy long road trips, but I think I think I might be able to go on a long road trip with Teresa. But that's just because I don't think even uh, over the course of uh, two weeks or, or three weeks. I don't think Teresa would be able to think of a thing to do that would be unpleasant. Right. She's just so resolutely pleasant. Sure. You know what I mean? And helpful and accommodating. Every time I started complaining about something, she would just fix it. Right, right. Whereas uh, I would probably make a lot more nonsense noises. <laughs> yeah, you would just pull something apart. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's that's me after about six hours of sitting up. After the fourth hour of Warren Zevon, I don't know if I could handle the road <laughs> trip with Jordan. I think you overestimate how much Warren Zevon I listen to. <laughs> Not that much. Some. <laughs> A moderate amount More of More than Z-Von. most. Not as much as some. <laughs> I think the point is that you listen to Warren Zevon songs other than Werewolves of London. 
Yeah. Okay, fair enough. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. This is the Jesse Go Show. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And um, I was, uh, the other day I had to deliver this uh, tape to an editor. And um, he, uh, and he kind of came out of the back room of his house and he had his baby with him that had like just gotten done crying. It was a, you know, the baby was clearly, had been crying a how, while. How much of a baby was it? Uh, this is this is baby baby. A baby baby, okay. Yeah. Because um, I do enjoy calling any child under the age of 10 a baby. Y- yeah, you know, uh, I actually, it, yeah, it's funny, but people get, well, anyways, this this okay. is a good thing to talk about in relation to this. Um, so, but, I mean, this was clearly a girl baby, and I knew it right. was a girl baby. I just, sure. I want to say, I think it was a girl baby. Sure. You know, it was in a little flower jumper. Yeah. Uh, you know. Girlish features. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, and it was... Had crying. a pink bow on its head. Yeah, pink bow uh, was holding a sign that said girl. Uh-huh. And... It was chewing on a Barbie. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I asked it wanted what it wanted to have for dinner, it said, I don't know, you pick. <laughs> <laughs> just a salad. Right, just a salad. Um, anyways, so the baby... Uh, the baby's a girl... And it would just had been crying, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, sorry, she was, you know, she was crying. She doesn't like it when doesn't like it when mom leaves." And I I looked at the baby and I said, "Hey, cheer up, pal." And he kind of looks at me kind of funny, and then looks at the baby and she goes, "He goes, this is a girl baby. It's a little girl baby." <laughs> like in in this kind of way, it was like it's like you know, <laughs> fuck you. But here's the thing: is like, how do I recover from that? I was saying, no, I knew it was a girl, but I just wanted to call it pal. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he took my calling it pal as, uh, you know, an indictment of its boyness. But, um, uh, and I so think I what, used indictment wrong, but that's fine. What did you, what did you do? Uh, I didn't know. I just did nothing. I just stood there. I just stood there and I you took just, the tape and I you left. Just, you just sort of ran backwards, fell down the stairs and cried at the bottom of the stairs while he slammed the door in your face? Yeah. Oh, I stepped on a rake in the yard too. <laughs> it flew up and hit me in the face, which is weird. But, and, but hey, people pal. are so, yeah, like I can have a girl pal. I have plenty of girl pals. You like, that's do. Not it's a true. foreign concept to me. I can and a be lot pals. of them are babies. I, exactly. I have a lot of baby girl pals and I, I thought this could be. I know. was just talking to uh, uh, Teresa's cousin Sarah as we were standing in a bagel store and uh, looking at all these uh, children running around. <laughs> what bagel store did you go to? It was in um, Larchmont Village. Oh, yeah, okay. It's a pretty nice bagel store. It's all right. Um, And uh, there's all these babies around, and uh, her boyfriend has a child who's uh, five or six. Mm -hmm. And um, she was talking about how she used to despise children, and just hanging out with this child makes her, like, look at children very differently. Mm -hmm. And I find myself looking at children differently, and I'm worried that it means that I'm a grown-up. Oh, yeah, that you don't. Back to the central conflict of my life. (laughs) Sure. Um... 
I, you know, and I remind, I'm reminded of something kind of awkward that happened in college with this concept. Um, our RA boss, Ryan, had this baby, right? And, um, you know, we were at his, you know, pad or whatever, wherever the he RA was boss probably, He lived. was showing off his X-Men figurines. Yeah, right. We were looking at his X-Men figurines and, um, you know... Someone's kind of said something to the baby, like that a baby wouldn't be able to answer. It's like, hey, you know, it's like, hey, baby, uh, you know, I, I don't know, something. When's Arbor Day? It wasn't When's Arbor Day, but it was but something yeah, like that. Just like it was about a holiday, funny, funny to a baby, right? And you laughed and you said, Haha, "Babies are stupid." And uh, he gave you the worst look. I don't know if you remember this, but it was like, it was like one of the most wicked looks I've ever seen someone give someone else. Uh, and it was really similar to how I think this guy felt when I called his baby pal. Like it was this, like, you know, what, what are you saying about my baby? Well, you weren't saying that this baby <laughs> is inordinately dumb. You were saying that babies don't to speak a, English. Right, they don't, they don't English. know anything. They don't know when Arbor Day is. They're really still trying to. They're still amazed that poop comes out of their butt. Sure, but yeah, no. But I guess there's this delicate way you have to be around someone's baby, and it's you know you can't. <laughs> and I get I mean I, I imagine it makes you hypersensitive having a baby and it, it turns on all these kind of defensive kind of male mechanisms that maybe maybe you, you you don't normally have to deal with. Yeah, I guess so. Like uh you just start shiving people, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Having a baby is a lot like going to prison. Mm-hmm. It's just you want you want to file things down to a point. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. Well, we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> this is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our sponsor on Jordan Jesse Go is Project Breakout, online at projectbreakout.com. They have a new comedy competition. Last time around, uh, we had several people make it to the late rounds that were uh, listeners to Jordan Jesse Go, listeners mm-hmm. to The Sound of Young America. Uh, one listener, Kent, made it to the f- grand finale and very nearly won. Um, I know because I was one of the judges, came very close t- to winning. Uh, this time around, they've put a little twist on the competition. It's sketch versus stand-up. So they're ac- accepting both stand-up comedy clips and sketch clips. Um, the f- the winners of each of those... The next uh, round of contests is painting versus Tuvan throat singing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is better? This isn't UC Santa Cruz anymore, Jordan. Oh, sorry. Um, and uh, so sketch versus stand-up. At the end, there's going to be a, sort of like a showdown show at Comics, a great club in New York City. Um, you'll get a, the winners will get uh, prizes, cash prizes, plus all expenses paid trips to New York City to participate in this showdown. Um, it's really cool. And most importantly, now is the time to enter. You only have about a week left. It's comedy.projectbreakout.com. And whether you're a stand-up comedian or a sketch comedian, you make short films that could be loosely interpreted as sketch comedy or, you know, you do like some kind of comic video blogging. You love to vlog, right, Jordan? Sure. So I you're going to be you're going to be uploading a few of your vlogs. I'll probably vlog. Yeah. I have some things to say about this Paris Hilton character. Yeah, absolutely. At comedy.projectbreakout.com. I personally think we should be concentrating on the real news instead of what's going on with Paris, huh? We'll be back in just a second. <laughs> I'm Jordan Jesse Go. La, la. 
This is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, the zoo animal battle continues, Jordan. Yeah. Very exciting things going on in the battle. This was a good week. I mean, it didn't, I don't know, it didn't turn out like I wanted it to, but... Um, well, I don't want to hear how you wanted it to turn no, out yet. Okay, yeah, we're, yeah. No, okay. We, 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 we don't know yet. Suspense and I'm, okay. okay, it was sloth versus elephant, sometimes called sloth. Sloth. I like to call it sloth. That's fine. You can call the it. Alternate pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Um, an elephant, a huge beast, a sloth, I a small beast. I call it font. Oh, Ilfant. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That's nice. As long as we're pronouncing stuff That's different. That's punchy. Mm-hmm. I um, like yeah. that a lot. You, were, you, should, you should pitch that around Hollywood. Yeah. Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Jesse from uh, Canada. I'm 17. Uh, about the sloth elephant thing, I think you definitely have to go with the sloth because the elephant is just really uptight. You get scared by, like, mouse, like mice and stuff and just, like, runs away from mice, and it's, like, enormous, so it could kick a mouse's ass. And then the sloth, just nothing phases it, so it's pretty, like, laid back and stuff. So I'm definitely going to to go with the sloth in this one. All right, see you later. Bye. I like that call a lot. I'll tell cool you a couple a reasons why. I'll what? tell you a couple reasons why. Hmm. Number one, identified his demo. Right. Got to know what key demo you're in. Sure. Turns in he's in. He turns out he's in sixteen to twenty four. Yeah. Good. We um. Yeah. I mean, we take calls for two reasons. One, it's content. Yeah. And two, uh, for market research. Yeah, got to figure out what demos, key when demos. We're presenting to the advertisers. Demographics, psychographics. This we know this really young man. Hot Canadian teens. If you want to reach Canadian teens who have a lot of buying power. That's called, that's called a tastemaker, Jordan. They've got a lot of loonies that they're looking to spend on You're products. wondering, do you want to know why everyone in Hollywood right now, the word on their, the tip of their tongues is Degrassi Junior High? It's because of Canadian teens. They're all over the map. They got iPods. They got Wi-Fi. They're uh, plugged in. The wreck of the Mimi. The voyage of the Mimi. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know, Canadian teens. They saw the voyage of the Mimi, the Canadian teen educational program. They're making water out of their piss. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're huddling water. together to prevent hypothermia. Yeah, they're putting up, uh, they're putting up uh, tarpaulin to collect condensation. Did they drink their piss in that? Am I thinking of something else? <laughs> no, but I'm one of them, water world. one of them was deaf. Okay, that's so. I think where, that must be what you're thinking I, that's of. The confusion. And the other reason I liked it very pithy. Sure, he kept it sharp. You know, we got a couple of calls this week that were like two, three minutes. I'm not going to play that. A little rambly. Keep it pithy. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Sean. I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I have a couple of things I want to touch on, but I'll try to make it pithy. I was just listening to your podcast while I'm at work. Um, the first thing is, is the elephant totally beats up the sloth. I'm going to have to choose that based on the premise that's not really a premise. It's a fact that the elephant can smile and it looks kind of cute doing it even for being such a monstrous beast. second thing I want to touch on is uh, Jordan brought up David Cross, which I think is kind of funny because when I first started listening to the podcast, I think Jordan's voice kind of sounds like David Cross. If you listen to his stand-up CDs, there's lots of similarities there. The third thing is, is if Jordan actually was fired from the podcast, does that mean that next week he's going to show up on Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo? Thanks a lot. Bye. 
Elephants can smile. See, this is why Wait, we hold have on, this. Though, but the sloth has a perpetual smile. That seems like a that's that's this seems like the shittiest argument I've heard. Oh, that's an interesting point. Sloths are always smiling. This that's is like why we defining characteristic. I don't understand what this guy's fucking deal is. This is why we go through this stuff, you know, on the message board and here on the show. It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like the d- discovery period of a trial. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's bringing out their evidence. We're all learning. We're gaining information together. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's what this is about, Jordan. That's what this is a fucking educational process. We're expanding ourselves, our minds, yeah. our hearts. Sure. We're learning. Hey, Jordan Jesse, this is Ryan from Tennessee. Uh, sloth and the elephant. They're both animals of extremes. Uh, you know, you've got the elephant, is, is, is your, he's an extremely large creature, and then the sloth is extremely slow. But the sloth is so dedicated to his slowness that he actually grows moss on his fur. So he's green. That's crazy. That's some that's some serious dedication to your extreme. Um, and then you know the elephant. I feel like the elephant could do a little bit more to kind of um, milk everything that he could out of his largeness. Um, I don't know. I just want to see a little bit more from the elephant if he's going to win this contest. So yeah, that's my bit. I would, too. I would like to see a little bit more from the elephant. How about this, Jordan? Hmm. How about an elephant running 25, 30, 35, 40 miles an hour, running down a Land Rover in the Serengeti? What about that? that. What about majestic tusks, Um, Jordan? Someone brought up on the message board a fact that I really liked, that uh, sloths, their digestion is so slow that their food will ferment in in their bellies and make them drunk. (laughs) Don't know if that's true. Uh, if it is, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Well, Jordan, I think our listeners have learned by this point which side you were on in sloths <laughs> yeah. versus elephants. However, you lost. Uh. The champion of sloths versus elephants is the elephant, having defeated the sloth by 55% to 45%, a 10-point margin of victory relatively hmm. close considering that the elephant is by far the better known creature sure um it's um you know generally speaking the more popular creature it's a standard issue zoo creature yeah uh but ultimately the sloth's good. surprising strength which i think came in part from your vocal support of that animal sure um was not enough to defeat the elephant's amazing stature its spectacular memory uh, its love of peanuts and its fear of mice yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, the zoo animal showdown moving along a pace. I think no surprises thus far, but some yeah, yeah. surprisingly tight fought battles. I would say that that uh, sloth that sloth versus uh, elephant oh. battle was surprisingly close. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm disappointed. Um, I was really pushing for sloth. But, you know, you can't win them all. You know what I say? That's you what they say. Absolutely. You cannot win them all. And I know you've got an office pool going. You might lose a little money because sloth lost. I know. I took a chance. But I think we all agree that the odds were long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be – this is we're, – we're dealing now with a matchup that's uh, very closely matched. I think we've – We've had some very popular animals going up against some less well-known animals to this point. Um, but bear versus rhino, these are two 
two kind of standbys. Right. Yeah. Um, two beasts that are both terrifying in their own right, mm-hmm. uh, both horrifically bloodthirsty. Um, they'll both clean and gut a man in, in southwards of 30 seconds. Sure. Um, and this is going to be, a, I think, a titanic battle. Um, what do you think might be kind of like some of the key elements of this battle between, uh, between bear and rhinoceros? Um, I mean, uh, here's the thing I think, here's the main thing, thing that I think is going against rhinoceros is that it's not relatable. It doesn't appear to have any feelings like while, while both are, I think, equally dangerous, you can read a lot of feelings onto a bear. I think it's safe to say you wouldn't find a teddy rhinoceros. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, they are, you know, they are, you know, they can walk on two legs occasionally, which I think makes them more sympathetic mm-hmm. to humans. Absolutely. I mean, we relate to things that walk on two legs. Yeah, and uh, I, I think ultimately, though, I think on the contrary side, mm-hmm. you're looking at a battle between a majestic horn and kind of slashing, driving claws. Sure. Um, and that horn oh, is Oh, and such uh, a- hugging. Yeah. Uh, hugging to kill. Exactly. I, but I think that horn is such an astonishing weapon. Yeah. I mean, it might be the most powerful weapon in that's this a most powerful... Miracle of miracle of nature. Something that's truly astonishing. And this is a beast that, rather than killing for sport, uh, kills when it's threatened. Right. You see what I'm saying? It is bloodthirsty, sure. If you go out there in a Land Rover to the Serengeti of Africa, right, you're liable, your horn. you're liable to be charged by a rhinoceros, right? Do you know anything about how rhinos treat their young? Uh, I don't, do you? I, no, I don't, uh-uh. Uh, I, mean, there's, I mean, there's the old thing, like, don't get between the mother and the cub right. or the bear, which I think people will find endearing i mean while it's dangerous and it probably leads to people getting killed i mean i think people can kind of understand that impulse i mean yeah have we you, were talking about that earlier with you know stupid babies i mean i think you would be surprised at how big a baby rhinoceros is and that's a something that's both impressive on the one hand but on the other hand less adorable right yeah and it does it they don't have their armor right away, right? They, uh, they, but they, they do have, have to be able to w- walk almost immediately. It's like a right. baby deer. Isn't that all animals? Uh, well, no, I don't think a baby. Uh, I don't think a baby uh, bear lynx? has to walk immediately. Sure, maybe yeah. a maybe a lynx. Um, um, something something to consider though uh, is that a bear hibernates. So you're really looking at a you know eight month out of the year creature. Oh, yeah, so if Bear is the champion, right? then we've only got, you know... You're going to have a relatively short season, whereas a sure. rhinoceros is operating year-round in the Serengeti Plain. Mm-hmm. That's true. Swatting flies with this tiny tail. I think ultimately uh, a rhinoceros being in some ways a reminder of our prehistoric past... Right. Um, ...has a really powerful a connection. A reminder of the great hunt. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways that calls to mind some of the strengths that the sloth displayed. Mm-hmm. Um, the sloth in, it reminded us of the giant sloth. Um, the elephant reminded us of the mammoth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to a certain extent the rhinoceros reminds us of... The a, woolly rhinoceros. The woolly rhinoceros, absolutely. Whereas what does a bear remind us of? A, an adorable cave. children's <laughs> toy? Yeah. Well, there is a cave bear. Oh, a cave bear, that's true. I guess... The- I guess all mammals have a prehistoric ancestor that we can 
Did you know that uh, former uh, baseball relief pitcher Turk Wendell, mm-hmm. um, a very colorful character, was known for wearing the claws of a bear he had killed around his neck when he uh, came in to close baseball games? I did not know that. Yeah, well, there you go. I think that's something. Uh, at one point, he went missing, uh, and it was big news in the sports world because mm-hmm. he went missing. Turns out he was just in a hunting blind and neglected to tell his wife that he was going. Wow. He went out for like a week to a hunting blind without Jeez. telling his wife. So, I don't know I don't know exactly. I think you're going to have to be the interpreter. You the audience are going to be the interpreter of how that Turk Wendell story bears uh, upon if the at all the battle. Um but you know, I think this is this is going to be a tight one. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it seems like Bear has it locked up. Really? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I you know, I I, I mean, sure, a bear, I think some I think some obviously fun rhino stuff is going to come out. But. A bear is a popular animal. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would deny that a bear is a popular animal. Yeah, you see him on television all the time. You see him pitching Coca Colas, etc., etc., etc. Sure. But are they amazing? Yeah, yes. is a rhinoceros amazing? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is undeniable. A rhinoceros amazing. is significantly, I would argue, more amazing than a bear is. Okay. So I, all I'm saying is this is going to be a, another tightly fought battle. Um, if you have you thoughts, know, you know what I like. What do you like? When a bear licks ants. Oh yeah, have you seen true. that? Like a sun bear. Yeah, sun bear. <laughs> yeah, sure. Licking some ants off a tree. Come on. Yeah. I think that just won it right there. I think. I think. Well, what, what? How do you have that uh, ant licking image in your in your head and vote the other way, Jordan? I'm just what does glad, a rhino lick? I'm just glad that you're not the ultimate decider. The American people are. That's true. Um, so, if you'd like to vote in uh, in our battle between the rhinoceros and the bear, visit us at maximumfun.org/forum. You'll find uh, the poll in the forum that will decide the champion uh, of the battle between. Uh, bear and rhinoceros and who will move on to the next round in the bloodthirsty bracket of our zoo animal battle and if you have thoughts about the battle between uh the bear and rhinoceros you can give us a call and share them with us the number is 206-984-4-FUN 206-984-4-FUN is the number to call if you have a thought about the titanic battle between the bear and and rhinoceros. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. This is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh man, fun, fun, fun is about to be had by us, Jordan. You know why? Hmm. Because we asked our listeners to call in with stupid things they have done, and boy, did they hmm. ever. Let's hear them. Boy, howdy. Let's play a recording of them. Hi, JJ Go. This is Peter from lovely Minneapolis, and I have a story about being stupid. Uh, This is from when I was in middle school a while ago, and uh, I got an ice cream cone at this restaurant. It was French silk pie ice cream. I was holding it in my left hand, and there are little bits of chocolate in the ice cream. One of the pieces of chocolate fell off the cone and onto my hand, and I was thinking... I'm just going to grab that piece of chocolate with my right hand and throw it into my mouth. And then the guy gave me my change, and I threw the change into my mouth. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. That might be the new winner for me. (laughs) Eating change. Man, um, you know, there's kind of those, those bad tastes that, 
that linger that you like, like when you think about them you know you get a little upset the bad yeah, things you've tasted sure. in your life like i mean i clearly remember the taste of change from being <laughs> you know a little from kid from being a shark yes <laughs> when i ate that that change and that barrel of nails and that diving suit um yeah, it's fucking it's just awful <laughs> He ate it. He, just, he thought he was throwing a piece of chocolate in his mouth, but he was really throwing some change in his mouth. I'd like to know how much change it was. Yeah. If you could call back and tell us how much change, that would... Uh, I'm going to say 75 cents. Yeah? I mean, it was an ice cream cone. Two quarters, two dimes, three pennies. That's what I say. Yeah. Fair amount of change. <laughs> hey there, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Jonas in Seattle. Um, you were talking about stupid things that you've done, and uh, I guess enough time has passed, I can talk about this one about 14 years ago. I was with my girlfriend. She was my very first girlfriend, so I was pretty young. And, uh, but we'd been going out for, for six years, and uh, she said, let's try, let's, uh, well, I wanted to, she wanted me to try methamphetamine with her. So we tried it, and I thought it was the greatest thing I had ever felt in my entire life. I thought it was the coolest thing. So I said, let's, let's go get some more. And we went to my bank account and we, 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 uh, we got some money and we got some more. And then I just kept doing it. I just kept having to do it. Eventually she broke up with me and uh, I lost my job I, and I just kept having to do it. Finally, I learned, you know, after it kind of died down, the, the good feeling I got, um, I had to, uh, I learned how to shoot it up so it would be a little more powerful for me. And then I did that for a really long time. So um, fast forward maybe seven years later, I was shooting up every day. I was dealing it. I didn't have a job. Uh, I was pretty much like staying at people's houses, dealing drugs. And then I get arrested and I go to prison for drug dealing. So I'm in prison. I'm with a year sentence and about six months into the sentence, I'd kind of kicked it, and I thought to myself, man, that was a really stupid thing to do. So, um, so now I'm out, and, uh, and it's been a long time. It's been like six, six years since I've ever done anything like that again. But thought I might want to share it with you guys. Really love the show. Thanks. Bye. That one I would say less funny. Yeah. And some of the other ones. But, uh, you know, important for our you know, uh, young listeners to hear about. I can't disagree with his assertion that it was a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Tough to, tough to argue with that. It's true. If you have to, I think, and, and I think that, you know, our policy on drugs, if you, if you do want to try drugs, just try one or two drugs. <laughs> Only have one or two a night. Yeah, don't go in and order 14 methamphetamines. Yeah. Because... That's when you're going to get yourself into trouble pretty Six soon. Six black tar heroines, seven black tar heroines. Sure, nine speedball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? When you're getting into double-digit bumps, mm-hmm. that's when it's... On that, on that Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young album cover. Right. Isn't that where bumps are? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Seriously, don't do drugs. Yeah. I mean, you can smoke marijuana cigarettes. I don't care about that. Yeah, well, you know. Unless you're really young. Like a 10. Yeah, if you're 10. Don't do not do any drugs. Yeah, no drugs. Don't even have a soda. <laughs> yeah. Because it'll get jumpy. It's annoying. You don't think you're being jumpy. <laughs> but yeah, you're annoying everyone around you. Jordan, first, Jesse, okay. So first of all, 
you know, I did Brian. I called in with the stupid. I, I stabbed myself saying, you played some calls. I have, I, I, I enjoyed them. But uh, Rachel's pissing story, uh, I think, is topped by two that I have myself. I was in England visiting my friend Darren and, and uh, my friend Tyler, and um, I was sleeping on Tyler's floor with my uh, my head right right at her freestanding closet thing. Um, Darren was sleeping in her bed. Tyler was sleeping elsewhere because she, uh, you know, for other reasons. In the middle of the night, apparently, I got up, walked around the room trying to get out to go to the bathroom, uh, went to the closet, opened the closet, and pissed all over her jeans. Um, then I just laid right back down in the position I was um, as the pee cascaded down onto the floor, onto the carpet right where I was sleeping. Now, I was using a sweater as a pillow at the time. The sweater soaked up a lot of pee. And um, as it got later in the night, it got colder. This was like Christmas time. And uh, in my like sleepy haze, I put the sweater on. Um, and then the next morning, uh, the floor was wet, I was wet, and I was like, oh, I guess maybe a window was open and it rained and, like, rain got in or something. But then, uh, my friend Darren was like, um, did you get up in the middle of the night and pee in the closet? And sure enough, I had. Now, the, the, the other story, um, which I still cringe about, like, if I, if I think about it randomly on the subway or something... Like, my, my knee shakes, and I just, like, I have to hold my head in my hands or something. Um, um, so I was in Germany with my, uh, with my now ex-girlfriend, and um, we were in, the, in this hostel, and it was a uh, eight-bed eight, eight hostel, uh, four bunk beds. I was sleeping on the bottom bunk, and uh, my ex-girlfriend was sleeping on the top, and... Um, you know, had this great night out in Berlin, uh, went to sleep. Um, the next thing I know, somebody is shaking me awake. I'm in a standing position. Someone is shaking me awake saying, what the fuck are you doing? And it's some guy who's shaking me awake to stop me uh, from continuing to piss all over his baggage. Um, I apparently slept walked, oh, sleepwalked over and just pissed all over his stuff. And the room was on a slant, and so all the piss that was running off of his bags like started rolling down into somebody else's stuff. Um, and like I, I was, I was like sleepwalking. I, I didn't know what was happening. All I could do was say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I helped the guy like wash out all of his shit in the shower and like, the, the, the girl whose stuff I ruined, like, well, I didn't ruin it, but, like, I washed all their shit, and she, and she was a big smoker. I was like, oh, I'll buy you a lot of cigarettes, and I, and I bought the guy a beer, like, so, so bad. And my my ex-girlfriend woke up during the middle of all this apologizing, saw what was going on, and just rolled over and pretended to be asleep, so she didn't have to deal with it. So, there it is. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, we don't want to give, you know, we don't want to devote too much Brian time on the show. But, but he earned whole, it. Yeah, holy cow. 
Holy mackerel. That, those were both, yeah, I think putting on the, putting on the piss-covered sweater. You know, one of my girlfriend's best friends from college hosted a, uh, you know, like a high school senior on a visit day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the high school senior did that, pissed on a pile of his, uh, pissed on his dirty clothes. Ah. And um, then he woke up, there was urine on his dirty clothes. High school senior was sleeping soundly in his sure. bed on the floor. Mm-hmm. High school senior denied it, said he had nothing to do with it. Wow. And went down did he, swinging. Did he, did he offer a suggestion as to how the piss got there? No. He just said it didn't. Oh, it, I didn't it do wasn't it. Wasn't me. Not me. He didn't. You know, say, oh, maybe I think I saw a dog run in. Maybe there's a family of raccoons living He's like, somewhere. Okay, I'll grant you. In the past, I have sleepwalked and peed on things in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. but it certainly wasn't me this time. Um, that was the argument that he made. Uh, I mean, at the risk of just telling inappropriate pee in the night stories i've got one of those yes uh, and it's, I've, it's only happened to me once thank you uh, i've only inappropriate no i don't anyways but this is the most prominent of them this was when we <laughs> were in uh seattle was when we were doing that uh sketch comedy show in seattle when we were with prank the dean at the seattle sketch fest sure and um they put us up in like a barn what it basically was was like a four-car prefab garage mm-hmm. that had been built or dropped behind someone's house like in their backyard only instead of having a garage inside, it had like a speakeasy slash quote unquote underground theater. Mm-hmm. And we were like sleeping. Where were we even sleeping? Like two people on the stage, like one person in the yeah, bar. Yeah, there were a lot of couches. There were a lot of like couches. It was a real, uh, and it's interesting. I think this really, it There was really, a mobile bar that had been built for Burning Man. I remember that. Yes. Oh, and also they had just hosted a, um, they had just hosted a, uh, uh, dress as your favorite Firefly character party there uh, <laughs> the week before. And I think that's a really good, it really illustrates the the difference in the comedy scenes, um, you know, L.A. versus, uh, you know, versus, in this case, Seattle, um, which is, and in L.A., the kind of the, the, the comedy people, um, for the most part, are, you know, kind of like, you know, they're kind of like dorkier, Indie rockers? I mean, can we... Yeah, they, would you, they would you asp- agree with I that? Think they're, uh, I think they're relatively nerdy people who aspire to, uh, you know, if not Williamsburg hipsterness, then at least Silver Lake hipsterness. Yeah, although I was recently informed that, um, that Williamsburg isn't the thing anymore. No, I mean... Someone told me, a, but yes, that yeah, sort of thing. Sure. Um, anyways, I guess it's, a, it's some sort of Polish neighborhood now. Anyways. Oh. Uh, you mean it reverted to being a Polish? I think it was a Polish neighborhood before. Hard to say. Yeah. Anyways. Um, blah, it's blah, nice blah, to blah. hear Anyways, that in the yeah, war between a, the hipsters and the Polish, sure. the Polish one. Right. They have superior sausages. Mm-hmm. But those submarines with the screen doors on them. <laughs> oh. Hey, now. So we were uh, staying in a four-car so, garage converted right. into a speakeasy but, theater. But anyways, so, so yeah, so the, um, the, the common people in LA kind of aspire to this, you know, this tight pants, white belt hipsterness. Um, in Seattle, they're just just like theater, theater dorks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting, and it's like you know, like they would like they're people who are uh, 
who are prone to, you know, would do an exercise where you passed an imaginary ball back and forth. And of then, their own volition, without someone making them do that sure, exercise. Sure, absolutely, they would like and that. And to be clear, exceedingly nice. So, for example, the people yeah, whose absolutely. theater we were staying in had, like, offered. They weren't even involved in the festival. They were just part of the theater community and felt like doing their part in the theater community. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting how how those those two things kind of kind of develop anyways i don't know which do you prefer do you do you prefer uh fake hipster or theater theater dork well those people that we stayed with while very nice were a little bit too nerdy for me i couldn't handle it yeah and i have a relatively high nerd tolerance mm-hmm. they maybe were a little bit too nerdy for me that it was kind of weirding me out fair enough i felt like they might want me want me to get involved in some kind of wiccan orgy yeah, you you were afraid you were afraid there would be some costumed group sex at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm really I don't know I'm really I feel like I I really jump to uh, suspect people of costumed group sex. I think I'm really <laughs> I think I'm, I'm always kind of looking for it. But uh, of all the people I mean, not, I've spent a significant amount of all the people whose homes I've been in in my life, I think they were the most likely to participate in costumed groups group sex. Right, and I visited a fair number of homes in my time. Sure. So you were saying, Jordan, about anyways, something stupid uh, that you did? Uh, yeah, anyways, in that barn that we were in, um, uh, I don't think you were there that night. I think you would, Teresa had gotten a hotel room or something like that in order to be romantic. Um, but me and, me and Jim and Lauren were uh, in there, and we, like, we just kind of got drunk in that barn. Uh, anyways, and I, and I woke up, and it was just kind of pitch black, and I banged around on the... Uh, on the walls for a little bit and couldn't find the exit and so just kind of dropped trow and peed in the corner of this barn oh uh, jesus and i heard uh and uh anyways and i guess this the peeing sound woke jim up and i heard him go jordan are you peeing in here and then i i kind of clenched my urethra and said nope uh then had to had to uh had to continue these poor people they're putting yeah. us up they were so nice I to know, us totally they were so thoughtful they didn't know us at all and you pissed in their theater yep so i don't know i don't know if you're listening organizers of the seattle sketch comedy festival but i'm really they totally sorry. are i bet they are yeah sure they're listening i really i'm really sorry val you is were, listening right now you're very nice and we had a great time oh boy also, we're sorry we called you dorks. I want to make I mean, it clear I don't know if you knew that or not. But that I didn't piss in the anywhere. theater. Anyway. Since I'm a sponsor of Seattle Sketch Fest. Sure. It's a nice festival. Yeah. Hey, Great that, festival. consider that a plug. Seattle. <laughs> that's free of charge. That is a plug. You can find the Seattle Sketch Fest at sketchfest.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. This is Jordan Jesse Go, Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. We are careening towards the close of our program. I think that before we get to our action items, something very important must be noted. Yes. This is what it is, Jordan. Uh, people out there in the audience know that uh, we perform as comics and comedians. Mm-hmm. Jordan, you're an improvised comedian from time to time. Sure. You perform with a team at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And what's the name of your team these uh, days? MacGuffin. MacGuffin, uh, named after the uh, element that sets a thriller plot in motion. Sure. Um, you're going to be performing at the Del Close Marathon in New York City. Yeah, New York City. Uh, this Friday the 27th, uh, I'm going to be involved in, in two shows. One, uh, MacGuffin uh, is performing at, I think, 830 at the uh, UCB Theater. 
there is some uh, really great actually uh, Jen Kirkman from uh, who you have heard on this program popular people comedian. love Jen Kirkman uh, she is a part of that team so if you've wanted to see her in performance this is also a good time to do it uh, and also I will be performing with uh, the greatest the smartest panel of experts in the world. Jesse, are you looking at this thing? Yes, it's called the smartest panel of experts in the universe ever. And that's uh, at 12.30 a.m. on 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 Friday night, Saturday Saturday morning. morning. So you're performing on uh, Friday, July 27th Mm -hmm. with MacGuffin. That shows at 8.30. Yes. Then uh, later on that night at 12.30 a.m. with the smartest panel of experts in the universe ever, which is, what is that? Uh, That is kind of like an, you know, it's it's a panel. Everybody goes in with a character and audience gets to ask these characters questions and they are a panel of experts and uh matt besser and matt walsh from uh upright citizens Brigade will be in this as well as what? horatio sands from saturday night live so what's your character a cool show uh well, okay let's, let's tease it a little bit okay uh your cool uncle mike oh that's an interesting character i like so. that um, that's all at the Del Close Marathon. Basically what they do at this, it's at the UCB Theater in New York. Uh, they basically start the improv shows at 4.30 on Friday night, and then the improv shows don't end uh, until, gosh, 6.30 p.m. on Sunday night. Yeah, so it's 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 round the clock improv. There's going to be some really, really amazing things uh, at this. Um... So if you miss so, yeah. it, if you live in New York and you miss this, you're a yeah. turkey. So, yeah, but uh, it would be, be good to meet some some uh, Maximum Fun fans. Will you be you. greeting your public? Uh, yeah, I'll do a little meet and greet afterwards, uh, probably 9.10 to 9.14. Okay, great. 9.10 to 9.14 is uh, if you want to meet Jordan, get a picture with him, get his autograph, um, quick hand job, anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to overpromise. No, uh-uh. But you, you are willing to deliver a quick hand job any right? kind of outer course okay great this includes hand jobs this includes finger blasting sensual massage sensual massage <laughs> happy ending but it, it'll have to take place in that four minutes that i've titty twister titty, yes titty twister tune in tokyo I'll also tune in tokyo what about f in the ap jesse that's not an outer course that's something that married couples do Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, if you live in New York and you miss Jordan at the uh, Del Close Marathon, it's because you're a turkey. Um, the website is delclosemarathon.com, and I yes. think you can reserve tickets and get directions and all that stuff. Delclosemarathon.com. Um, action items. Next week, I am going for next week's show. I guess I'm going to be out of town. Um, and you're going to, you're going to do a show with uh, big time Gene O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if not next one, then the one after that, yeah. right? Is well, that, I, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. We At do, some but point. We, we have an action item for this yes. show that, you know, it doesn't matter if I, I we're pretty sure it's next week, but maybe it's the week after that. We haven't mm-hmm. made a schedule or a calendar yet, but, um, <laughs> or which is not something we do at all. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to give the impression that's something we do, but here's an action item for you. Uh, call in to the hotline and ask a question of Jordan and Gene that they couldn't answer if I was there or that you would like to hear them answer without me there. Sure. It doesn't have to be about me. Yeah. But it Just could be about me. something you think that Jesse would be uncomfortable talking about. I'm going to guess half of them are going to be about me. Half of them are going to be about, like, I don't know, something that I would be uncomfortable with. Sure. Like uh, getting drunk. Yeah, I know. If you want to 
if you want to hear two dudes talk about how sweet it is to be totally wasted. What about this? Smoking eight drugs. Yeah. Uh, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. If you want to email, you can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. And, of course, you can discuss the show on the uh, Internet website forum, which is uh, maximumfun.org slash forum. And uh, other action items, of course, place your vote. Rhinoceros versus bear. This is a mighty showdown, mm-hmm. um, yes, and we need to know. Good one. We need to know what you think. The voting's going on right now at maximumfund.org/forum. Um, and uh, besides that, you know, all the usual admonitions apply. We're always open to personal questions and uh, thoughts from the audience, things you'd like to hear us discuss, things you want uh, to know our opinion of. Yeah. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is the number to call, and uh, we'll see you next week on Jordan Jesse Go. Right. Yep. You're not you're not raising your hand because you have something to say. You're just raising your hand out of fidgetness. I thought so, but then I thought I'd better ask just That's in fine. case. We'll be back next Gotta week be on Jordan Jesse Go.